this, our sermon this morning is from Judges chapter 6, verse 11 through 14. And we're continuing on this theme about journeying on the way. The series is called The Way because our discipleship journey, we believe, is called The Way. And this morning, let us hear now about Gideon and his experience on his journey. It'll be on the screen behind me from Judges chapter 6, verses 11 through 14. You can close your eyes, let it wash over you. You can read in the Bibles you brought with you or hear now the word of the Lord. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak at Orphah and belonged that belonged to Yohash, the Abazarite. When his son Gideon was threshing wheat in the wilderness to keep it from the Midianites, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord. I mean, you can kind of hear it. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? This is the word of God for us, the people of God. And together we say, thanks be to God. I would like to preach from the subject this morning, switchbacks. Maybe you know what a switchback is. If not, we'll get into it this morning, right? Will you pray with me? And Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. We thank you for your word. May it always be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 You know, one of the most beautiful hikes I have ever taken was in Sitka, Alaska. My wife and I um, loved our brief visit to Sitka so much that we ended up naming our dog after the small town. A dog that Garrett and Stephanie helped us get, so thank you to them. We took 30 college students on a trip to over six, to six cities in Alaska whenever I was a chaplain at Huntington College, and we were the chaperones along with another couple. But of all the cities, Sitka was our favorite, and it was mostly because of the views from that hike. The landscape, the just the gorgeous scenery. I mean, it was everything you think of when you hear the phrase, where the mountains meet the sea. You should go Google it after this. Look at some pictures of Sitka. You, you can't get there by car. You can only get there by boat or small plane. Doesn't even have an airship big enough for a big plane. It's surrounded um, by a few different bays. It's right off the Gulf of Alaska and the Pacific Ocean. And the city is surrounded on every side um, by different size mountains. You got small rolling hills all the way up to just the the steepest, most giant snow-covered peaks. It is a beautiful landscape. And one day while we were there, we gave the students the option to either go with the other chaperone couple into the town to go shopping and just kind of walk around town or go with Brianna and me on a hike. And of course, Huntington College, if you don't know this, is 70% athletes, 70% athletes, cheerleading a band. And so there's a, most, most people go to Huntington play some sort of sport. And the ones who decide to go on the hike with me and Brianna are like the most macho male athletes possible, right? And so no sooner do we get to the, the first real incline, because I'm thinking we're going this nice, you know, enjoyable afternoon in the Alaskan wilderness, but not with these dudes. 
we get to that first kind of incline area and they all decide to see who can go up the fastest. And as the chaperone, I feel like I should at least be close by for when one of them breaks their ankle. You know, I need to at least be, because, so we got to keep up. Brianna and I got to keep up. And these dudes, they, they turned what should be a moderately challenging hike into a Spartan race. I mean, they started making up challenges and trying to outdo one another. There's parts of it that have these steps on the incline because the ground is too wet. And they're like, how many skip, steps can you skip? I'm like, no, steps are meant to be stepped on, not skipped. The craziest thing they did, the thing that bothered me the most, is they would shortcut the switchbacks. If you've ever been hiking, you know that switchbacks are a very helpful invention by somebody a long time ago. I don't know who, who brought them up, who, who created it, or I had the idea of switchbacks. But if you don't know what they are, it's basically when a trail cuts sharply in one direction and then goes the other direction when going up the steepest grade of a trail. Instead of having to go vertically up the sharpest point of a, a hike, the switchback will go from one way to the next to help you horizontally tackle what is often the hardest part. So these guys were making a challenging hike much harder by instead of taking the, the trail that was there, the switchbacks, they were trying to go straight up. They, they skipped the switchbacks and they were specifically making this journey much more difficult. They didn't want to go on this back and forth. They just wanted to take which way they thought would be the fastest. But it turns out the way that was the fastest was also the hardest. It was the thing that uh, added so much strain that it made the, more, the, whole diff the whole journey even more difficult. And though I was cursing them as this was happening, I, I think back and, and I get why you'd want to blaze a trail to skip the switchbacks. I mean, I get it. It makes sense. This idea like I'm strong enough that I can do something faster, better than the path that is laid out before me. I mean, why would you want to do the thing that's monotonous and boring or do the thing where you have to go back and forth. Nobody wants to, to feel like they've got to make their journey longer than it has to be, right? So I, I, one moment you're heading in the right direction, and then you're heading in the other direction, and say, like, why don't you skip all this? I think that's a lot like our faith journey, isn't it? I think it's a lot like our experience on our discipleship path. One moment we find ourselves going in one direction and then seem to be heading in the opposite direction. I think much of our faith life is traversing switchbacks. One moment we feel like we're doing all the things we should do, going to Bible study, my kids are going to the children's ministry, I made it to church, and then all of a sudden life happens, things change, you haven't picked up your Bible in months, you haven't been to church in weeks, your kids, they have no interest in going to the children's ministry, so you don't feel like making them, and you're just like, well, what happened? How did we get here? And then all of a sudden you have some, well, we're going to go to family camp. You go to family camp, please go to family camp. It's terrific. It's my favorite thing we do. And I bet once you go to family camp, you'll probably turn back the other way. Be closer. You feel like maybe you feel closer to God. God, we love you so much. You're so wonderful. This is so good. Let's sing your praises. And then after a couple of weeks, something else happens. And you turn back the other way. And like, God, where are you? God, do you even care? God, why is all this happening? That's where Gideon was this morning from the text we just read. Gideon in the book of Judges, he and his people were being oppressed by the Midianites. They would plant some land and then the Midianites would overrun them. They'd drive them out and they'd go to a new area of land and they'd plant it and they would make it their home. And then 
the Midianites and others would come and kick them out again and exile them. They were constantly harassed and oppressed. And right before we read today, the Bible says this, the Israelites cried out to God and God sent an angel of the Lord who came and said, I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the hands of the Egyptians and I delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord, your God. Do not worship the gods, the Amorites in whose lands you live, but you have not listened to me. That's what God said right before he showed up to Gideon. And then he sees Gideon and he says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And Gideon's like, "Uh uh-uh. He wasn't having it. Gideon claps back at the Lord. He didn't believe him. He says, pardon me, my Lord. If you are with us, if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about? Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hands of Midian. Essentially, here comes the angel of the Lord saying to Gideon, the Lord is with you. And Gideon is like, oh yeah? Then why has all this happened? Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there in your, your personal life or your faith life? Any part of your life where you're like, I believe in Jesus. I go to church every now and then. Maybe I go every week. But still, something difficult to say, why is my life, why is this so difficult? If the Lord is with us, then why has this happened? Like maybe you're going through a rough time and somebody says to you, don't worry, God's got this, everything's fine. And you're like, really? Where's God right now? Because it doesn't seem like God's around. Have you ever, have you ever felt that way? Or, or is anybody doing something bad happening to you? And we've talked about this before. I've done series on this and sermons on this. It just shouldn't be a surprise. But has anybody ever come up to say, don't worry. Everything happens for a reason. And you want to be like, oh yeah, well, what's that reason? Because that line's nowhere in the Bible and things are really rough right now. And if God is with us, then why is all this happening? Like that's real life. It's okay if you want to come here this morning and say, Things are tough. Something has happened. Maybe COVID has set things back in your business or you've lost family members. Maybe things have been really difficult at home or at work. I don't know, but it's okay to say, yeah. If God's with me, why is all this happening? You know, because even sometimes people have the best intentions, but they put us in the place where we're forced to ask, pardon me, Lord. Why is all the, where are all the great things you've told us about? What are these miracles that other people have experienced? These are the times it feels like on the journey, maybe you're going in the wrong direction and, you, and you're hoping for some switchback to come up to take you in the, the next way, to take you in the, in the next direction. It's, it's no wonder Jesus said what he did about the straight and narrow. Do you remember that verse? I'm sure you've heard that phrase before, right? To go on the straight and narrow. When somebody tells you to stay on the straight and narrow, I always thought it meant like, you know, be good. Stay, don't listen to rock and roll music, you know? But it turns out there's a version of the Bible called King James Version of the Bible. And it, it has from Matthew's Gospel, chapter, chapter 7, verse 13, that says this. Enter ye into the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there will go, and many there be which go in threat. Because straight is the gate, 
and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. The word straight in that translation is not spelled S-T-R-A-I-G-H-T, which is how we typically spell the word straight when we're thinking of like if things need to go from here to there without any crooked lines, right? The word there is spelled S-T-R-A-I-T, and when spelled like that, it's like the Strait of Gibraltar or the Dire Straits. The word straight with that spelling means almost the opposite of nice and easy. The version of that word means twisting, and it means treacherous, and it means difficult. The straight and narrow is not some nice, easy, laid-out path that you can just tread down without worrying about it. Jesus is literally saying, the path to follow me, the way of salvation, is twisting, and it's not easy. It's like a journey up a mountain that is very steep and tough to traverse. The way it has high peaks and deep valleys. It's got loose stones that make it hard to set your feet. The way is straight and narrow. But let's consider again Gideon. What, what was Gideon's interaction with the Lord like? Did you notice how God responded to Gideon whenever Gideon offered his frustration and his pushback? When Gideon questioned God, when he said, hey, hey this is pretty tough. Like, I, I'm not a big fan of all this. He, and he showed his anger. He showed his displeasure. God didn't strike him down. We often fear, like, if we say something wrong to God, God's going to smite us. God didn't smite Gideon whenever he pushed back. What did God say to Gideon? He said, go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Go in the strength that you have, the strength that you've just shown me. You've stood up. He says, you're strong to ask these questions. There is strength for wanting better for yourself and your people. It's strong to stand up for what you think is right. Gideon recognized that the way to which he was being called, the things to which he was being called to do, that they were straight and narrow. They were tough and twisting. Their people had been through a lot and things were not easy. But ultimately, he followed the path that God laid out for him and led his people to salvation from oppression. All month long, we're considering our own version of what it means to follow Jesus. Our hope here at Dolphin Way is that whether you are a member, somebody thinking about joining our church, or somebody who's just showing up for the first time, that we can help you as you discern what your life with Christ looks like. Here we call that the way. That's why we've introduced this series is because we believe that the discipleship path that we can all be journeying down is very similar to one another's, even while it's our own unique journey. We're all on the way together. The earliest name of the Christians were called the way, people followers of the way. Some of us are at the beginning of this journey. Maybe you're coming to church for the first time and you're just now starting to reach that first incline and you're like, that's kind of steep. Maybe you've been on this journey for a long time and it plateaued a long time ago. There hasn't been any ups or downs because you just haven't been around. The ground doesn't feel real loose because you haven't been offering yourselves any challenges just on this plateau. Maybe that's where you are on your journey. But I believe that for all of us, at some point in time, there's a series of switchbacks. For all of us, there's a time where we feel close to God, followed by a time where we feel farther from God. And I feel like that's actually a lot of our journey. I feel like it is natural. If you feel guilty 
Because be like, I used to be real close to God, but now I'm not. Don't feel guilty. We've all been on that part of the switchback. We've all been where we're real close to Jesus and everything is perfect and we're right at the heart of the, you know, the matter and we're right there with the Lord and then something happens or we get a new job, we move to a new place or something, COVID happens, we don't leave our house for months or whatever and then we're just like, man, I feel like I'm so far away. That's normal. That's part of the journey. You know, the, the fact, look, look at the labyrinth. This right here is behind me, it's the labyrinth. We have a, it's in laid right here on the floor. We think this is the best symbol to represent the way, and we're talking about it each week. And, and one of the things that I think is important to realize, if you look in this symbol, it has its own series of switchbacks. You're walking along, and you feel like you're, you're going this direction, and all of a sudden you turn, you're going right back the way you came from. Getting closer, and then when you feel like you're the closest, all of a sudden you're going back out. It represents that life we have with God, where sometimes we feel like we're journeying closer to the center, and sometimes we feel like we're journeying farther away. But the important thing to remember so we're still on the way. We're still on the way together. Sometimes we feel like the, we hear, the Lord is with you. And other times we might be feeling, well, why has this happened? But despite whether you're turning closer or farther away, this journey, the idea of switchbacks reminds me of one of my favorite prayers. A prayer by a former monk named Thomas Merton. He wrote this in a prayer. He said, my Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I'm following you and your will does not mean that I'm actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does, in fact, please you. And I hope I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I might not know the way. Therefore, I will trust you always. Though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death, I will not fear. For you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Even in the times where it seems like we're not going in the right direction. I'm thankful to know that the journey continues and I pray that God will help me find my way closer to him as we keep journeying. And even when we feel like we're further from God than we want to be, I take strength from knowing that God never leaves us, that God is always there with us. The New Testament says that there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God, not heights or depths, not things created, not powers or principalities. There's nothing on this world or in the heavens that can separate us from God. We might all still be on the way, even if we feel like we might not be going in the right direction. But it reminds me of what Henry Nouwen once wrote. He said, when suddenly you seem to lose all thought that you'd gained, do not despair. You must expect setbacks and regressions. Don't say to yourself, though, all is lost. I have to start all over again. That's not true. What you have gained, you have gained. When you return to the road, you return to the place where you left it, not where you started. On this journey that we're on, this journey with Jesus, this way, there might be times where we may just not move at all. Might just be standing still. 
But don't think, hey, I've messed up so bad, or I've been gone for so long, or I'm so detached that i got to start all over. Whatever's happened is part of your journey. And I believe that God can redeem all things. And that God can make good work through all things. Not saying that all things that happen to you are good, but that God can make them work for good. And that on this path and on this way, you can find yourself journeying towards the heart of God. Over this month, as we consider together, the membership vows that we took, the ones that we're going to take, or just your relationship with this church, I pray that you will look at your whole journey and be honest with yourself about where you are. Where are you on this journey? Where are you in your faith walk? And what is your next step? Or what are your next steps? What is God calling you to do? What is God calling you to be? How is God calling you to serve, to pray, to be present, to give, to lead, to be a witness in the world? If you're in a season where you can't help but ask yourself, why has all this happened? God, where are you? I give thanks that you're not alone in that. That's what it means to belong to a church. When we make these commitments, we make them to each other. So that even when you are in one of those difficult seasons, even when you're on the part of the switchback that feels like it's leading you away, we are still here with you. You are not alone. You are not abandoned. Let us help. Come talk to a pastor. Talk to a friend. Join a group. Join a class. Let us be a part of your journey with you. If you're in one of those seasons where you feel like you're drawing close to God, cherish it. Give thanks. Look inward and ask, what is going on here? And how can I draw strength from it in the other seasons of life? I pray that we will continue to ask, where are we on the way? And look for the next steps that God's calling us to. And I pray that we won't skip the switchbacks. We are not going to skip the parts of life that might feel a little bit longer. Because on the journey, no matter where we are, no matter what's going on, there's the possibility for God to do something amazing. So let us be drawing closer to Christ as Christ is drawing closer to us as we think about what it means to be on the way.